welcome to the Moving Pictures Podcast. What is up, you guys? <laughs> With us today is my lovely guest, Sam, who is also my brother. Hello. So, as you know, I started this podcast to discuss the one thing I love more than anything in this world, which is movies. As a courtesy to my listeners, I do want to warn everybody that there will be movie spoilers. And if you haven't seen the movie, then you should either watch it or just let me spoil it for you. I also want to reiterate that I'm just offering my opinions and my point of views and my commentary on the movie. Don't get butt hurt. Just for fun. And today we will be covering one of my favorite modern movies, The Joker. So the director is Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix plays the main character of Arthur Fleck. It was released October 2019. It made over $1 billion in box office revenue. It got a few notable awards, um, two Golden Globes, two Academy Awards, two Oscars, and then a few more and a bunch of different nominations. So I brought Sam on today because he's very passionate about which Joker is more true to the story, this one or the Dark Knight Joker. Yeah, with Heath Ledger. With Heath Ledger. And so I really wanted to get his opinion on both movies, but also really help me get into the nitty gritty of this one. So... In a Hollywood Reporter article that I read, the vision that Todd Phillips had for this movie was that he really wanted to make it a gritty Martin Scorsese-like drama, and he decided to disguise that as a superhero film, um, and he wanted to use the Joker as kind of an anti-hero theme. They talked about how Todd Phillips said he wanted to use Joaquin Phoenix because he seemed like an agent of chaos, and I think that's a really good description of who he was in the movie and how he represented this character. So Phoenix lost 52 pounds for this role so that his character could feel a little bit wolf-like. And Todd Phillips categorized this hungry kind of character for Joaquin Phoenix. And I think that with all the weight loss and all the scenes showing Arthur Fleck's bones and ribs and his really small figure i think it really did that i well, i think that was also part of the fact that you know it's recognizing that he's poor and can't really um can't really provide yeah he like, can't provide for himself and that or um, his mom yeah and you know a lot of a lot of struggle that you know comes with a depressive state is you know with a it can be with a loss of appetite or um can stem from, you know, eating habits, I guess. Right, and they they did say at one point that he was on seven different types of medications. His social worker says, oh, you're on seven different types, it should be working, and he continually says, I'm, I don't enjoy life. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good point, and I think Todd Phillips said he wanted to make the film in a way that it felt handmade, and I feel like part of that was having him be so real about the depression and the the chaotic state that he was in mentally and i feel like his body really represented that physically i mean i feel like if you if you see someone in a dark state um it's it can be difficult to tell you know there's a lot of people that are doing well that you can't you can't necessarily tell the things that are going on inside their head yeah and i think that's a that's kind of what they wanted yeah. you know they yeah, wanted yeah, him to, to seem sickly yeah i don't think that's like hidden or a hidden message in it right. I think that's just how you see it and also so what I found really interesting when I was watching this movie was the colors and I think I told like raved about that after I yeah. first saw it they yeah. just have such 
bold colors when he's the Joker, but when he's Arthur Fleck, then it's muted colors, it's browns, it's tans, it's sickly yeah. colors. It's and absolutely shot very well. Right. Um, especially if you look at, I mean, obviously the first thing that came to my head and one of the greatest showings of, you know, color and a great shot movie, obviously, is, you know, the movie everyone knows, The Matrix, where, you know, you see when he's in The Matrix, it's it's all green mm. and whatever it has a green tone to it green and when black. he comes out of it yeah and when he comes out of out of it into the real world they're normal and it's a completely different it, it's just completely different vibe to it as right. stupid as and that it, sounds it's funny that you brought up the matrix because i hate that movie specifically yeah. because of the coloring yeah. it the the browns and the the gross orange tint it well yeah has because that's it. what it, that's what i think that's what's so important to that movie in itself i'm not saying i'm a fantastic fan of the movie myself yeah. either but when you look at this movie and you actually pay attention to that you kind of see a little bit of what that makes you feel yeah. and how how small details or even big details um cuz I, I don't i don't know what if i should call that a small detail or a big detail um but it's something i guess i didn't even notice the first time i watched it cuz i've seen mm. it a couple times yeah. the joker that is that like yeah i guess that's a good way to put it cuz that's kind of why I hate The Matrix, because it makes yeah. me feel gross. But I read that they actually found this this color palette in a book of muscle cars from the 70s. And I feel like that kind of attributes to the old Gotham feel that, mm-hmm. that we got. And and I thought it was really interesting that, that they were kind of dressed kind of like in the 70s. It, it got a 70s vibe, but you could tell that it was more of a modern piece. They were talking mm-hmm. about modern issues, about mental health and... Um, kind of the destruction that can happen in your own mind. And what I thought was really cool kind of going along with that is the camera point of views where, you know, take the scene where he's on the bus for mm-hmm. an example and he's he's making the, the kid laugh in front of him and his mom gets all pissed off. Mm-hmm. And right there it's it's kind of as if you're from his perspective looking at this child laughing and trying to brighten up his day. And then, of course, when the mom gets upset, he has to give her that card that yeah. says... I have a mental condition, and I laugh at inappropriate times. Yeah, which I, th- I think is cool, and that adds to the story 100% yeah. is his, his issue of that, or I guess the biggest part to his character is his laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, the Joker, and in, in all movies ever or TV shows done about the Joker, I think that's a huge thing because the laugh is a is a major stock in the character and all TV shows, all movies, you know, the laugh is the biggest thing about mm-hmm. the Joker. And, I mean, personally, I enjoyed that fact that they added that into it. That right. that's the reason for his, you know, sinister laugh. Yeah, and as, kind of since you brought that up, which laugh do you think is better? His laugh, Arthur Flex, or Heath Ledger, Joker laugh? Heath Ledger is 100%. You think it's better? Literally everything about about Heath Ledger, I feel like it's better. <laughs> Why? Okay. <laughs> just just talk about the laugh, and then we can talk okay, about the, the rest laugh. later. Yeah. Um, because I get such a psychotic vibe from Heath Ledger, which is what he's yeah, going for. Yeah. But I feel like with Arthur Fleck, because you see that he's mentally unstable, you get more of a, okay, he's crazy, but he's not a psycho. Yeah. You know, he's not deranged. But I feel like with Heath Ledger, you're like, this dude can kill whoever yeah. and like it well i i mean the thing that i guess it's completely my personal opinion that i enjoyed <laughs> i i just enjoyed his 
<laughs> enjoy the his, creepiness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like, um, I mean, it's also hard because I feel like if you're choosing between those two characters, you're choosing an absolutely psychotic character um, versus the one who's a more in-depth, sad, rather than scary. Yeah. Which, of course, there's also, there's obviously scary tones. And I think the most, pa- my, in my opinion, the most powerful shot of um, Phoenix's Joker was when he was in the cop car riding through and you saw him smile. Mm. And, I mean, it's it's just my personal opinion that I, I enjoyed the, um, like the... The sinisterness Yeah, of the it. sinister part of Heath Ledger's Joker... And it's it's hard to compare them because, you know, in in some ways they're completely different and uncomparable. Mm-hmm. But in some ways, you can kind of make the argument or see in a couple a couple different ways that um, Phoenix's Joker is the developing Joker, and Heath Ledger's mm-hmm. Joker is the developed Joker. Mm-hmm. Which there's also an argument as to which is harder to get into character mm-hmm. for. In the cop car, I really. First of all, I loved that scene. It was just shot so so well and so powerfully that you got the message that he was becoming the Joker, that he wasn't he was leaving Arthur Fleck behind and becoming the Joker. And one of my personal favorite kind of aspects of that scene is that it feels kind of like you're a fly on the wall because of the way that, you know, it's not shot as in you're in the car next next to his, next to the cop car. It's as if you were literally a fly on the wall of his window Mm -hmm. and I thought that that really brought you into the story and really helped guess I guess solidify what you're saying that like this was his becoming the joker Mm -hmm. rather than the at the at the same time I I agree with that analogy but also I also feel like one way to describe it and that that little scene the way that I felt at least was that it was as if I were a dis disassociating if I were him and the actual Joker and I were disassociating and watching myself mm. through that. Yeah. Because, you know, disassociating is the feeling is coming out of your own body yeah. and watching yourself. And, yeah. it's a, and so this article kind of emphasizes that you're, this whole movie you're following an unreliable narrator. And I think that that kind of talks to the point of view of the camera and how we were talking about disassociating versus being a fly on the wall and kind of leaning in on the action and really seeing inside of his brain. And I think that that he is an unreliable narrator, but then you get to see, because he's unreliable, how he actually feels. You get mm. to see that he is an unreliable person because he's mentally unstable, not because he's, you know, the developed Joker, but he's he's just kind of finding his way. Also, so this other article um, from Cinema Blend talked about how his sad and lonely existence fostered the rise of the Joker, which is kind of what we were talking about, how his his mental state, his poor environment, his unnurtured upbringing really fostered the rise of this Joker. And I think that's where the chaos comes in. And again, it doesn't justify his actions. We're not saying that it's okay to go and kill people because you're mentally unstable. But I think the word fostered is really important to think to think about because that means that the environment affected you. You know, when you yeah. when something fosters your behavior, then it's it's affecting you in such a deep well, that's, way. That's the whole the whole argument of Freud's nature versus nurture. Yeah, and an actual fun fact about the making of the movie, 
Phoenix wrote in the journal that is shown in the movie a bunch with his left hand to make it seem more childlike. And in the movie, they did this with kind of the crazy penmanship so that he looked more mentally unstable and more mentally immature. And so for me, that kind of gave me an actual mental disorder feel, you know, that he was reverting back to his childhood because he hated his adulthood. I mean, I think, you know, the Joker and the Dark Knight, they give you different feels, which is why I feel like it's, again, it's difficult to compare the two. There's different, there's different points and um, things you should take away from each movie. I feel like, you know, the Dark Knight is completely a, a thriller and the Joker is portraying a message to it, both of which that I really enjoy. So this Cinema Blend article described the movie as a dark psychological drama, which I agree with the drama part and I agree that it is dark, but you know, as we're talking about comparing the two Jokers, you know, this Joker is more psychological because it's talking about mental health and it's talking about mental states and it's talking about, you know, instability. But I mean, again, Heath Ledger is just a psycho. I feel yeah, like I th- there's no deeper meaning. There's no yeah. you can't get past how creepy but he I, is. But I think I think one thing that if people are to look at both movies, one thing that people say, or if if their argument or their their thought is that the Joker's Phoenix's character is more creepy, that's because they're relating the mental illness to creepy rather than a psychotic, sinister Joker. I think the biggest the biggest picture is the psych psychotic side of both of them yeah and basically i mean to that point i think that you're right in saying that there isn't really a a backstory to the dark knight joker's violence there's just violence and i think that's why it's such a thriller that's why it's such an action it's really just a superhero movie but in um, todd phillips joker it's such a different feel to who he is this is a quote that i found from phillips Um, just kind of talking about why he made the movie, which I think has been kind of misconstrued throughout the audience reception. Um, He says, It's about the power of kindness, and a lot of people miss that. There are other things in the movie, like a lack of love, the lack of empathy in society, and childhood trauma, but the power of kindness really runs through this film. And I think that that really kind of hits on the point that they used the Joker as a catalyst to convey a message about society and mental health. And what's interesting is that Arthur's only interaction with kindness in this film is in his psychological delusions. When he's fantasizing that he has a girlfriend, the woman down the hall, when he is fantasizing that he's on the Murray show. To a lot of, a lot of people found confusing, but I right. think I really enjoyed with the way that was shot. And I think that, I think that adds to the, the whole vibe of the movie itself yeah is you know the the parts where you're like wait is is this a, mm-hmm. uh, a fantasy or is this actually happening and honestly right. I, I enjoyed that i think it really adds to his psychosis and it really emphasizes that he's a struggling person that he's struggling in society and also this is really portrayed in the end when he shoots murray on the show because he's giving this whole rant about how society doesn't care about him and how society doesn't help him And I think that's really relatable to people who struggle with mental health and mental illness. It really is ostracized in in a lot of ways. And I think that the whole movie is really about really diving deeper into the issues that come with that. And kind of an overarching 
message that I kind of read about and that I I also believe in is that Arthur needed empathy to avoid this dark fate. So I think that was kind of the whole plot is to show you how he needed someone to be kind to him. He needed that love. He needed um, to not be ostracized by society because of the way that he looked sickly or the, his laugh or the way that he acted. And he just didn't get that. And so when he killed for the first time on the subway, he really came into himself and realized that there's that he can find power in society. It just happened to be negative power and violence and this you know this this negative character. And I think also that that message that people need empathy is is relatable on a on a lesser scale for us in life. Is that a lot of times. Um, people don't understand what others are going through. And I know that's kind of a cliche to say, you know, oh, you don't know what's going on in someone's mind or life. But, but I, think, I think all of it's a, a great message because if you're, if you're looking at it, you know, again, it's, it's no excuse for the killing and the things. I mean, it's, right. it's a character in a movie. But, not, a, not a justification. Yeah, but everybody needs people. Everybody needs someone or uh, it's important to have people around you. Right, and kind of what you learn in the movie is that his mother was mentally challenged as well. And so um, the reason he had this head condition was because he was tied up to a radiator when he was younger and beaten by his mom's boyfriend. And so you really learn that it it wasn't necessarily that he was born this way, you know, nature versus mm-hmm. nurture. It really was the nurture aspect. And I think that that's a sad reality that does happen in in real life, you know, children are abused and, and women are abused and there's mental health issues kind of, all, you know, very prevalent. And I think... I think I think to a certain extent, I mean, obviously what I think people know is you do get a sense of becoming what you've gone through. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's pretty prevalent throughout the movie. Yeah, and I think they use this movie as... They, t- they, t- they went to the extreme to kind of prove that point. You know, this was a very unrealistic fictional example of what can happen when you've just kind of been beaten down and I really like that they humanized a comic book villain that's why I think I prefer this movie over the Dark Knight Joker so again I think it's hard to hard to say because they're 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 completely two different people I mean yeah they're taking a cartoon character a villain and making him human and giving him a Mm -hmm. story yeah and I think I think that's kind of why you can compare them because like you said this Arthur Fleck is becoming the Joker and Heath Ledger is the Joker. Mm-hmm. And of course there's awesome um little relations to each and the actual story of mm-hmm. Batman and Batman versus the Joker where you know you see for instance when you know he's walking up to the gate and he sees whatever is name was i'm sorry i don't know all the facts there's little connections that you see and you're like oh shit like that's really cool like because they actually connect in ways Mm -hmm. um which again like i said i mean i feel like they're hard to compare there's definitely places where you can compare but i feel like there's also places where you can't yeah and i think and i think that they you know a lot of people didn't like this movie because they felt like that this joker was humanizing violence and kind of justifying it because of the mental health aspect of it but I think that's not at all the point and I really don't think that that is conveyed I mean I think like we talked about the fostering and you know fostering behavior because of your environment is a very relatable tool but again this is a fictional 
comic book character, a comic book villain. He's supposed to be bad. He's not supposed to be, you know, he's not supposed to be the hero. He's not supposed to have some sort of silver lining. This is just supposed to be a bad guy. And I think that Todd Phillips really hit on that when he talked about how the movie's about a lack of love and kindness and societal issues. And I think he did a really good job of using this Joker as a catalyst for um, relatable struggles that we deal with so that we could, you know, us viewers could sit and think about how our society behaves and how mental health affects all of us. As well as connecting with the character. Right, yeah. And I think that the connection with the character was so deep in this versus the Dark Knight Joker where there is no connection, you hate him, I guess, or you love him, but he's he's the villain. There is no good in him. And I think, again, that's the point of having a villain, but I think that in, in the Dark Knight Joker, it's just so much more sinister that you can't at all like him. He's just the, the bad guy in this scenario. I think, well, first of all, to your point, I think a lot of people don't enjoy this, the Joker, Phoenix's Joker, because people don't want to subconsciously admit or relate to him or they don't you know like seeing the dark sides of a person or the dark feelings that come with nurture right. and their environment it's it's heavy stuff to think about yeah and i mean i guess some people just aren't i guess in depth enough to think about it mm-hmm. past the movie which i think is honestly important and that people should but i guess honestly that's why a lot of people don't like that joker so when I'm going into my comparison, I guess I'd, I'd love to say that I, I don't dislike Phoenix's Joker, and he played the character very well, but if you look at the, divi- the diversity of Heath Ledger himself and the other movies that he played, um, I can't remember what it was, but it was some sort of love movie, and you, you, you've seen interviews with him and things like that, and then you look at who Phoenix is as an actual person, and you... I mean, you see him at the Grammys or mm-hmm. whatever, and he, not that he's a sickly person or anything, but if you look at it, I mean, he's he kind of looks like the character a little bit more than Heath Ledger did. Mm-hmm. Heath Ledger was honestly considered like a pretty boy, and he got so into the right. character, which is a, a great story about you know him going into it and a sad story, you know, with him dying over it. But I mean, he he died for the character that he played and. Um, I think that that shows commitment in the the actor himself, and yeah. of course, of course, they both gave great commitment to it. Mm-hmm. But if you look at how deep Heath Ledger got into it versus how deep Phoenix got into it, because if you look at them, you you can kind of see relations between Phoenix's Joker and Phoenix himself. I understand what you're saying. I would just disagree a little bit and say that I don't think that they're mental state or the fact that Heath Ledger died after he played the Joker I don't think that really talks about their acting or their level of acting well I I think that that talks I guess it doesn't necessarily talk about their acting if you if you know the story you know that he locked himself away for two months three months something like that I thought it was six months but I've also heard six weeks so yeah for a long period of time he locked himself in in his hotel room and didn't have physical contact with anyone yeah A, a cool part of the story which is obviously the saddest part of him dying is that you know when they found him dead he on opening night was when he was actually in that hotel room that he stayed in with the Joker music playing over like the Joker laugh playing over 
his speakers, which is absolutely terrifying. Yeah, but so creepy. I would almost argue that how they dealt with the roles doesn't speak to their commitment as actors, but I think it speaks to their mental state. And I actually heard that Jack Nicholson, the original Joker, mm-hmm. had talked to Heath Ledger and said, hey, let me walk you through this because it's a really hard role to be in. It really plays on your actual psychological and mental health. And he totally dismissed him. And then, of course, you know, he had a drug problem going into the movie. And I guess the purpose of him locking himself up was for method acting. But I think it really took a toll on him that he was not in a good state to take or to handle. And I think the fact that he died on opening night, I think really speaks to his mental health and the toll that that role took on his mental health that was already bad. Whereas Phoenix played a mentally unstable character, but I think he was mentally prepared to go into that role and really dedicate himself to it. But I think that the mental health aspect of the Joker movie really played a real-life role on mm -hmm. Heath Ledger. I completely agree. And if you want to talk about, honestly, even the comparisons of the acting itself, too, if you look at it, I mean... The Heath Ledger Joker, to me, is one of the greatest roles that I've ever seen, personally. And his I his guess improv. I guess, yeah, I guess... His improv was amazing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially with, like... That. I feel like part of it is... I guess you could say part of it is me romanticizing it due to the story that it had. But the that hospital scene mm-hmm. where the hospital was about was supposed to blow up. Because they had, they had one shot for that. They were right. actually blowing up a hospital. I um, mean, that's millions of dollars if they didn't get it yeah and they he pressed the button and that little scene where he's improv he's legitimately improvising it because it was supposed to blow up on the first thing when he was walking away like he looked at it yeah Yeah. he looked at it and looked back and kept clicking it and the fact that when you re-watch that and know that that was improv it adds to the character that small scene i feel like that small little clip adds so much to the character because when you look at it and his little stances his his, his mannerisms yeah, yeah his mannerisms everything about him it's just it's brilliant to mm. me that i think really speaks to how good of an actor he was and if i can if i can find the clip of that scene i'm gonna put it on my instagram so that you guys can look at it it really is amazing and when you watch the movie it kind of makes you chuckle but when you understand that that was improv and that all of the explosives were supposed to go off at the same time and they were delayed and also didn't go off at the same time. They kind of went off one by one. Then you can really understand kind of how production goes, you know, how Mm -hmm. the movie making process is and how important it is for these characters to really stay, stay in their character. You know, these Mm -hmm. actors have to really stay in their character. And I think that Heath Ledger does that flawlessly and I haven't, I haven't looked up if Joaquin Phoenix did any improv, and you know, obviously, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna, um, I'm not gonna say that he mm-hmm. can't do improv, but I think it really, it really adds, to adds his it yeah. really adds to his character and really adds to, to who he is, you know, as an actor mm-hmm. and as a person. I mean, I, I think, again, if you're talking about comparisons, it's, it really does have to do with preference, but. If you look at the Heath Ledger's Joker and how he played it, he they both played the character that they were supposed mm-hmm. to play perfectly, I think. Yeah. Which is why I think it is all up to preference. Um, but, again, I still argue that Heath Ledger's Joker was 
more enjoyable to watch. Just, you know, going back again to his laugh um, that I think is so cool and so sinister because if you watch it and you're creeped out by mm-hmm. it, you, you see it, if you, you hear it itself, it's it's creepy. Yeah, and, you could almost have nightmares. Yeah, and I think I think both... Even even both their laughs add to the character themselves because they have different laughs and they have different mm-hmm. vibes to the character itself, which you know, I've said a lot. But yeah, and we also really want to hear your your thoughts and your opinions and kind of what you guys think about these characters and and the comparisons. Um, but I think we had you had some really good points, Sam, and I think that there is. There is. It is hard to compare, and I think it is hard to say which one is better overall yeah. because they tell I mean, very different yeah, stories. Yeah, it's really, it's really whether, you know, you choose the mm-hmm. the badass, sinister guy, which is Heath Ledger's, or the, the meaningful and sad, mentally mm-hmm. ill. I mean, obviously both are mentally ill, but mentally ill Phoenix. Yeah, I think, I think we covered it all. I think. <laughs> I agree. I think that was a good, a good discussion. So you guys, let me know your thoughts and rate the podcast if you're enjoying it and i will see you guys next week for an episode with my best friend aaron and we're going to talk about bombshell thank you sam for coming on and discussing with us um i will see you guys next week now if you run into the Bless your life, it isn't her. Could she love? Could she woo? Could she?